0: Hello. Can you
1: hear me okay? Because I'm in my room and I might have bad service.
0: Um, no, no, I don't. I mean, usually I, I try not to listen to whatever you have to say, but um, for <laughs> for this, I will.
1: <laughs> whatever. You're supposed to be nice, aren't you, the host? <laughs> what kind of show is this? <laughs>
0: Well, thank you for being on this show. Um, This is When a Nerd Starts Over, and I'm very excited because, one, um, one of my all-time favorite people is on this show today. She's right up there with, you know, my daughter, Venus, family, Callie, you, and then Ryan Gosling. Um, (laughs)
1: This, this, is, this is the direction we're going.
0: Yes. <laughs> it is It is Danielle. She is on com. You can follow her on Twitter at angstinerd.com. And uh, you should read her story there. It's very inspirational. So I, I encourage anyone who actually listens to this show. I don't think many people do. But <laughs> if you do, check out her stuff. So thank you, Danielle, for being here.
1: You're welcome. I mean, you insulted me at first, but uh, I mean, it's it's turning out better.
0: Oh no! Wait till we get to the end. It's gonna be a lot worse. Um, Fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know, I've known Daniel for I don't know what what uh, four years now. Is that
1: almost five years?
0: Oh man! Well, that's crazy. And uh, um, we've become like good friends, and we've learned like a lot about each other. We. Uh, we're on a different show together, which is No Worry Nerd, which is our you know my you know my main podcast that I, I share with her, right? And mm-hmm. it's a totally different th- feel than what we do here. Um, this is more of like relationship type stuff. So
1: it's totally different, but you still insult me
0: on both. It is well. I mean, there has to be some consistency, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, I, there has to be. No, you know, what, honestly, I the last show that we I, we put up. The um every day, and I was uh-huh. listening to it. You know, I went pretty hard on you that that episode. I don't know if you re-listened <laughs> to it.
1: <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to re-listen to it. But I remember, I remember that day. You laid into me pretty hard. I think there was a moment I was like, "What is happening?"
0: Because <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I even think Callie was trying to like rein me in. She was like, "Hold on now, kid. You you talked about her not reading like 27 times in this episode. Maybe you should <laughs> let that one go." <laughs> yeah so i apologize for that not really um but the this show is about love and before we even talk about that um and get into i guess like we're going to talk about walls that people have and what it takes to break down the walls and what makes someone finally like open up their heart to people um Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that and your experience with that um but you recently, I guess, like, finished a show on Netflix, and uh, what was the show that you finished?
1: It was actually, it wasn't anything new. It's actually The Office, which I've never seen before.
0: You've never seen The Office before?
1: I've never seen The Office before. I've heard about it many, many times and seen a lot of memes about it and Steve Carell and all that. But I've never taken the time to actually sit down and watch it.
0: Did you and finish it all?
1: I did finish all of it.
0: Oh, so uh, what, did, what did you think?
1: I absolutely loved it, but spoiler alert, I hated that Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, left in the seventh season, and there's nine seasons total, so, I mean, he was the main character of the entire show, and headlined that show, and so when he left, I bawled my eyes out, because would you expect anything less from me? No, no. And... It was just hard to watch the other seasons without him in it. It just didn't fill the void, and the show just wasn't the same after that. And when he came back for the series finale, oh, my God. Like, I <clears throat> cried like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, like – the- he he only had, like, two lines in the series finale, and that was it.
0: Yeah, you know, um, The Office is, I think, like, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Um, and I also was bummed out that Steve Crow left, too, and it, it and it went – it just wasn't the same after he left and i was pretty bummed when they're like well they're going to try and like have another manager or and this weird kind of like we're going to try this guy we're going to try this girl and we're going to try this other person and it for me it just didn't really fit um because i was so used to him he was he was like the perfect like boss in that show yeah <clears throat> so i'm glad I-, I mean you watched it because i mean that's like one of my favorite shows
1: I mean, he had his flaws and stuff, like, he was secretly, like, racist, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had a lot of quirks to him, but when he came down to, like, the the good stuff about life and about people and about friendships and and love, he he had it all, and he was a boss that I think a lot of people aspire to have to attributes like, the good attributes, not the bad ones that he has. Um but I mean I'd love to aspire to have some of his attributes of caring that deeply for my employees.
0: Yeah, he um yeah, I mean there was like I think the office is one of those few shows where like you can like it'll take you on this royal course for emotions where he's so misunderstood sometimes. You uh-huh. know, where it's like you almost cringe like, Oh my god, I can't believe he he said that or um I'm trying to remember an episode where it was um what he said oh gosh there was the one where was it like where he was like imitating chris rock
1: oh yeah i think yeah
0: that was like a cringeworthy one um you know the sexual harassment even just like watching his like his movie that he made i forgot that remember that movie that 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 script uh-huh. he wrote
1: Oh, my God. What is it called? Something Ultimate or something like that? Something like, like
0: Midnight, that? right? Midnight something. But, but that movie, just watching it, was like cringeworthy. Um, <laughs> but it was such a good show. Yeah, and I did cry too. I, I really wish that he had more of a role in the last episode.
1: Well, I mean, there's talks of Jen rebooting The Office. That's why I bring this <clears> up <throat> and why I've been watching it. Um, and everyone seems to be on board except for him. And then I read this article that said why Steve Carell will never play Michael Scott again. And I think it was, he's more focused on his movie career. And I think either he wasn't too settled into that character or the character has been too played out for him. So I don't, the last I read that he wasn't going to return for any role um, but, oh, my God, I'd just love to see that show again. But, honestly, if they reboot it, I don't know how they're going to have all those characters be in the same office again because they all kind of went their separate ways at the end.
0: Like, who do you think of that cast? Because, I mean, I read rumors, too, about that. You know, like, some characters will be coming back. Who do you think needs to come back?
1: Oh, Jim and Pam, for sure. Yeah. Jim and Pam, which is... uh um oh my god what's his what's his name uh
0: dwight right do you think dwight should
1: (laughs) well yeah rain wilson for sure he was one of my favorites um but i think the girl that played uh pam actually had a new show on abc that just got renewed for a second season jenna fisher
0: so you think Uh, she won't she won't make it in
1: she might come – I mean, if it's a mini series where she's not shooting, where she's shooting her ABC show, mm-hmm. she'll definitely do it. Uh, John Kaczynski super busy, but he said in multiple interviews that I've watched – because now I've I've gotten obsessed crazy where I'll go on YouTube in a black hole of, like, The Office interviews I'll watch now. Um, like, I watched Jenna Fisher and – oh, no, it was Ellie Kemper, who's on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, and Hayling, mm-hmm. who's has this amazing – career now and books out. She's like a New York Times best-selling author and she was just in Oceans 8 that just came out. Right. They were both on I think Seth Meyers show and they were reminiscing about the office and they love it. I don't know if Mindy Kaling would come back.
0: But yeah. yeah. I you know I used to love I used to like the the weird inner well the, that weird hate that Steve Carell's character had for Toby. He's like <laughs> He like hated that I guy. Do.
1: Don't we all just have a Toby in our
0: life? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you just hated that you're guy.
1: And you're like, oh, I hate him. Like.
0: <laughs> like when Toby came back, and he, it's like a meme now, where like, just like Steve's like, no, no. Like he's just like freaking out when he sees Toby's back in the office.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because he didn't know. Everyone else knew, and then she was like, go look in the back. He's sitting back there, and like he just walks back there thinking it's a joke. And then he's like,
0: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my gosh, okay, one of my favorite all-time, like, gosh, episodes was the one where Steve is living with, with that girl he was, like, in love with, and they have that, that dinner date with, with Pam and Jim, and then Dwight shows up with his mom. Oh, yeah, yep, I
1: remember that one,
0: that, you with know, the, that you take, the
1: dad, and he was like, You didn't want kids, and I got a vasectomy. And then you said you didn't want kids, Uh, and I had a first vasectomy. (laughs) And it's like, you know how much damage I have to go through.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And and then her singing to that song that you take me by the hand song.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. God, dude. He was always singing. It was weird. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because I think some interviews that I've watched, almost like half the cast said that was one of their favorite episodes. I know Jenna Fisher said it was one of her favorites.
0: That was such a.
1: Did, well, you always give me crap for watching Glee, but they had an episode the watch. I think it was called the Viewing Party or the Watch Party, mm. where it was all about Glee.
0: Oh my gosh, I gotta look that up, dude.
1: It was about the viewing party at Gabe's house that um, Aaron had invited everyone over to.
0: I gotta look at that. I um, that's the so way I think like The Office is probably one of the first shows that I binge watched on Netflix when I first got my subscription because it was it was awesome I'm glad that you and it especially a show you can watch over and over and over again I mean you could re-watch it over and over
1: oh yeah that that's probably something just like the Simpsons where I can pick any episode and be satisfied for, for the duration that I'm watching
0: so then now that you finish that like what have you I mean you said you, you had this like now you're in this searching period for something else to watch
1: this is the weird part about being like a nerd is like once you find something and you're so cultured to the habit of either playing that video game or watching that tv show you're you're a happy little nerd but as soon as that finishes either you beat the game you finish the show uh there's just this tremendous void of depression of what the hell do i do now so
0: Have you tried, like, have you tried something else? Like, are you looking now, since The Office was a comedy, are you trying to find, like, another comedy that's like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I started Parks and Rec, but I just, you know, I can't get into it right now, but I think if I keep watching it, I might like it. I started Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, because I love Ellie Kemper, and I just wanted to see more of her on screen. It's okay, I'm more into it than I am in Parks and Rec right now. But another thing is, I've switched into getting back into video games. So, uh, you know, I took a big break from video games for a while after I had my huge obsession with uh, Overwatch.
0: So what? What? uh, Since you mentioned that, what are you playing then?
1: Uh, I'm playing Far Cry Five right now, and I actually just beat it. You just beat it? uh, Yeah, I just beat Far Cry Five. So now I'm playing The Last of Us.
0: Oh my God! Such a good game. Um, Which, I
1: mean, it scares me to death, though, the whole zombie running <clears throat> thing. Like, I'll hide behind a wall and freak out for five minutes before I move the character.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you mentioned Far Cry 5 for, you know, uh, quite a few times. I really want to play that game. Because um, what is it about that game that you really like?
1: Oh, God, it's the story. All of the four Far Cries have this unbelievable hero's journey story where you start out as like a nobody, whether you're a tourist on vacation with your friends and your plane crashes and then you're taken by this like weird criminal drug dealing uh gang that's just freakified and then you have to fight your way out of it and like build your skill set up to, you know, kill this guy or uh you're stranded in the Middle East and you have to figure out well anyway, this is the first time that Uh, I think it's Ubisoft that makes this game. This is the first time that Ubisoft actually made a Far Cry game, but based it in the United States, so it hits home for us when we're playing it.
2: Right.
1: It's just the story that comes with it is that you're a deputy, a rookie basically, who needs to arrest this like crazy cult leader um, who's brainwashing people and um, basically drugging people out of their minds and just he's just bad news. Um, but anyway, you go to arrest him and it doesn't go as planned. So then all of a sudden you find yourself on the run in this rural Montana area trying to figure out a way to get your friends back and, um, you know, overthrow this cult leader that's just, oh my God, it's just so compelling. He's just so hateable that you just love playing the game.
0: So now the main character that you play, I mean, is it like. Is it a pretty like? Does the character have a lot of depth, or is it just like a just a just a person that you just control, or do they actually have a story behind them?
1: I mean, not there's not really a depth story. I mean, you're you're a deputy who um who comes along with your your friends that are like training you and stuff, right? Um. But yeah, there's not really depth, because Far Cry, you never, like, in Fallout, you actually see your whole character, and you can see the face of your character. In Far Cry, it's just a first-person shooter, almost like Halo, where you only see the weapon that you're holding and your hands. That's all you really see, and it's, it's more about what's going on in the game rather than your character. You can choose female or male in your character, and you can design what you're wearing and stuff, but you never really see it on your character.
0: Hmm. Oh, okay, huh. I know. I, I mean, everyone I know who's played that game says that game is like awesome, and the reviews are really good on that game. Um, that's probably like next on my list. It's just like whenever it's on sale, man. I mean, because I mean, like I think you. I mean, you know, I've, I've been playing a lot of the Switch lately. and I, I don't think they would put Far Cry on on a Switch. I mean, um, well, you never know, because they put
1: L.A. Nure, and that was a huge freaking game. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they remastered. Some of the, I mean, even Skyrim is on Switch, isn't it?
0: That's true. I, cause I, I think that too. It's like if Skyrim is on... If they could put Skyrim on the Switch. They could put anything on the Switch.
1: Yeah. So I think the Switch is capable of almost anything now, which is awesome because it's like I'm so into Far Cry and if I have to pause to go on a road trip or go out of town somewhere, you know, or on a family trip, I can just happily pause it, go onto my Switch and continue playing it in the car or anywhere. And really, you know, which is awesome for me. I don't have to wait to get back home again to play on a console.
0: See, I think that's the beauty of the Switch, man. It's like, I can do that. Like, just, I can play wherever, you know? Like, I was already contemplating buying some games that I already have on the Xbox One or the PS4, just uh, just buying them again on the Switch just so I can play them more, you know, on the go. Yeah. Now, um, we can tell now. You've mentioned quite a few things. You, you know, you love Netflix, you love TV, and, and and all, and you love video games. Now, through all that, and and we did mention that we were in a show together. We we're on a show together. Um, it's about mental illness and anxiety, depression, how we cope with um, those daily struggles and things that we use and things that we get into. Aside from all that, we do have our personal lives, and that is our relationships with other people. Um, if you suffer from anxiety and depression, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game if you're trying to be in a relationship because you, you're you bringing the anxiety and depression into a relationship and that person has to kind of understand that you suffer from that and when you do suffer from that, you have to like, they have to be able to deal with it. Um, so sometimes that might stop us from wanting to get in a relationship in the first place because it might be extra work, you know? Um, yeah. for you it's like you have these high ambitions and you have these these deep goals and so for you that's what you want to achieve so in the period that I've known you I haven't seen you date many people but I have seen lots of people try to date you um, yeah. and you boom friend zone real quick boom like friend zone hotel like you're over there um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like but Well, what what is the reason for that though? Like you have these, these high walls, these, these walls around your heart. You don't let people in and know who you really are and you don't open yourself up to feelings. What is the reason for that? If you want to talk about that, like what is the reason for you and your walls and and, um, why you don't really Uh, uh, pursue? uh,
1: You know, it's, I'm like you said, I'm so career driven. I've been that way forever. And, and it's just like, you know, I can see the light at the, at the end of the tunnel and I just don't know how to get there. But I'm so focused on getting there that I almost am, have tunnel vision where I'm just going through life looking for, like, the end of that the tunnel. And I everything else is, like, locked out of my mind. So, like, if a boy comes over and flirts with me, like, I don't see it because I'm not realizing it because I'm not looking for it. And most of the time, you know, growing up, I was more focused on getting a boyfriend and, and wanting to be like my other friends who had boyfriends and were going on dates and doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I never really had that because I was more like a tomboy growing up. Mm-hmm. And the boys were more ashamed to be with me because it was like, oh, you know, she she kind of dresses like a boy and she acts like a boy. She's, she's like one of the guys, like, there's no way I date her. That's so embarrassing. It's almost like dating a guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I was always friend zoned I was like the guy's guy friend that was a girl. Mm-hmm. And I was never looked in that way. I was never treated pretty or or talked about like I was pretty in a pretty way, like the other girls who wore dresses and you know played either girly sports like volleyball or or didn't play sports at all and, and was more into like makeup and getting their ears pierced. And, you know, I was, I was playing competitive soccer. So I was all about yeah, new shin guards and cleats and, you know, let's go out there and slide tackle people. Like, right. um, I, I, so I didn't really think about it. And I think every time I got involved with a boy growing up, I always had my heart broken because, you know, I would either, one boy that I was with never ever wanted to admit to anybody that he was seeing me just because he was embarrassed um and you know you don't really realize that growing up and then when you get older you kind of realize it and it hurts and another guy I was with was like super into me for like the first month and then he was a grade ahead of me so as soon as he moved to like the older group like there was three parts in the school that you went through when he moved to the last stage and I was still in the second stage I mean he like forgot I even existed Hmm. Um, and then he moved away to a different school so then that was the whole different story so I think it was being hurt so much just made me think you know what it's not worth it you know it's Uh, let me just go towards my goals. Those are more rewarding towards me. They don't hurt me as much. And it's like my hard work will get me where I want to go. And then the relationship will come later. Hmm. That has always been my mentality.
0: Hmm. And so then if that was like the case, like, you know, you you went through all those things and you experienced those, those bad relationships. So what, what causes you now to, what catches your attention now and like causes you to let someone in like what do you what what will it take like what type of character you know personality what type of character traits what would get your attention
1: um you know it's hard if i'm i don't really look for it until it hits me right in the face and you know recently i I have had an experience that you know completely ruined me now um but it's it's someone who is just a very, like, nice person that I can get along with easy. It mm-hmm. it just flows from there. And that's what happened with this is that he pursued me and, like, we went out and started eating together. And, you know, conversation flew so easily and we both made each other laugh. And, you know, we were both into nerdy things. We had a lot of things in common. And, you know, I, I every inch of my body when I was going through this was telling me, no, what are you doing? Don't do this. Don't get yourself involved. You're getting off track, you know. But then I am think the other part of me is thinking like, you know, this this could be, this could work. This could be the person that I'm with for a really long time. And, um, you know, I, I want to be with this person. Maybe I should fall for this person. And, you know, I think the way that he treated me too was just like, I couldn't believe it. He treated me just so nicely. And like, we constantly text from, texted from sun up to sundown. And I like got butterflies in my stomach every time I think about him. And, you know, sooner or later, I found myself thinking about him all the time. And I was like, oh God, like, what's happening? And then when I went on a trip to, um, to Vegas and spent time away from him for like the first time um being away from him for the first time, I thought, you know what, like I'll go and like I'll forget all about this and when I come back, like it'll fizzle out. And then I found myself thinking about him even more in Vegas and like he was trying to get a hold of me the whole time and like I was super busy and felt really bad and was just so tired and, and like didn't text him back until I got back. But I realized as I was going to sleep the first night in my hotel room, I was like, you know what? I actually miss him and that's that's saying something like if, if you have me thinking about something other than my career and what I'm doing and what I do outside of work, like you've got me pegged. Mm. And when I fall for someone or like someone, like I like them hard and I fall hard because I put 110% into, into my relationships. You know, if I'm there, I'm there for you. And, you know, I, to bring the office back into it, I am like Jim Helper. I literally go above and beyond, and I do the grand gestures.
2: Right.
1: Oh, um, like for one of our first, um, I didn't call them dates. I called them more adventures because it made me feel more comfortable. Right. I didn't. I didn't want it to feel like a commitment to me. So it was like adventuring with you know with my friend who, you know, I I like for you know someone that I liked. So I took him to a um, a vineyard that has this arc that you can climb up you 're not supposed to it 's illegal but who cares? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I picked him up from work that night, and I basically told him I was kidnapping him, and I brought his favorite ice cream because ice cream was our thing, and uh we climbed up this arc and pitch black because my car lights went out, and I thought they were going to stay, out, and they didn't so uh, here I am freaking out climbing this arc and um, gave him his favorite ice cream so we just enjoyed ice cream and you know looked at the stars and talked to each other and you know that that was kind of the first time I was like okay I'm kind of falling for this guy like I really like him and you know I did stuff like that for him so yeah I mean it really just takes a special kind of person to kind of pull my attention away from my career and want me to to rethink how i'm living life and you know how i need to split my time 50 50 between a relationship and work and uh it turns out this guy didn't want any part of that so um.
0: so you know i know you mentioned that there might have been some red flags
1: yeah there there was red flags when I kind of was like, as soon as I got distracted from my tunnel vision and was thinking about this guy more, I was like, um, you know what, maybe let's do some research. Let's, let's quietly ask people what they think about this guy. Um, and so I'd ask around and people were like, oh, I don't know. He seems like kind of a jerk or, you know what, he's a real douchebag. And so I was like, oh man, like what is this, but he's not like this with me, you know maybe these people just had a bad experience, or um, maybe they're forming their own opinions because he is in a higher level than most employees, so you know, most people hate their boss, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're just saying that because something he said to tell them to do something um, being the boss it just didn't sit well with them, and maybe it's just a rebellious thing, so I'm totally like Through the red flags way so i was like i'll form my own opinion like i'm i'm gonna figure it out for myself and i mean i i got most of the comments i got from people and i asked a lot of people too were like i think i even asked you too and you're like "Mm, i don't know i don't like him
0: (laughs) yeah um that's true. It's like I, I guess, and I meant – yeah, I think I mentioned this. I guess because I didn't really know him that well, um, and I noticed that since it became knowledge that I was like cool with you, I think that's when that you know this other person made an attempt after that, and so that's why I kind of feel like oh, I don't think it's really genuine, you know, like you, you know, my relationship with Danielle, and that's probably why you want to. Be okay with me, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know what? And he he has such a cocky attitude about him, and he's he's one of the guys who's like, I'm pretty and I know it. Yeah, and it's kind of like I can get any girl I want, but I didn't I didn't see that when I first started hanging out with him. I kind of like. I don't know. He, he was very different when I started seeing him. And then I guess thinking about it now, it dawns on me that guys change for the girl that they're going after. I did have another guy that went after me, um, that, you know, my friend zone city in the hotel that I have over here, like you say, um, he completely changed himself for me. You know, he got into soccer and loved soccer all of a sudden. And, you know, he was getting into things that I liked. And instead of those being natural things you had in common with someone that I was like, Oh my God, me too. Me too. Like he completely changed himself for me. And I didn't see any of that. So I wasn't interested. So I didn't really care. And it wasn't until someone pointed it out after he had expressed his feelings for me, which I friend zoned immediately. Um, it wasn't until someone pointed it out that I was like, oh my god, you're right. He did. And as soon as I friend-zoned him, he completely changed. Hmm. Huh. So, yeah. I I don't know necessarily this guy that that I was involved with. I don't know if he completely changed himself just to go after me. Like, he's, he's such an interesting, questionable person, mm-hmm. and He's emotionless most of the time. Hmm. So, I, I, you know what? I don't really know that I even know him.
0: You know, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I know, and it's just a stereotype that men shouldn't show their emotions, you know? I think, you know, like growing up, whenever I showed any emotion, if I was like in a cry or something like that, my father used to get really angry with me. And he would say, you know guys don't cry or boys don't cry they don't do that you know you just man up and you just take it and you don't show you just bottle it all in and i think that's like totally i think personally it's totally wrong i mean just because i think that you know we should all be willing to share our emotions and, and it should be a free-flowing like conversation you know and okay. it hurts them later i mean and, and in this situation it hurt that particular guy like he might have all these emotions and stuff like that but he can't tell you he's not you, you can't read him i mean you're not a mind reader i mean we just found out you read period like about <laughs> a, few, a few months ago so for you to read a book <laughs> and then now read a mind i mean that's 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 tough so i feel bad for for women in general because it seems like a lot of women have to do it. they have to like try to read the mind and try to read a guy because he's not showing their emotions i mean do you feel that way i mean is that frustrating exactly.
1: Well, yeah, that was that was the hardest thing about being with this guy. It was at first it was like bliss because he promised up and down the railroad about, you know, oh, I see myself being with you. I just don't know how to get there yet. You know, I'm still figuring myself out. I just got out of a relationship, but it it works with you and I want to figure it out. And then um, we went on this date, I guess you would call it where um i was trying to hang out with him before he went on vacation um so i was like i want to fit in anytime i can get with this guy before he goes on vacation and so we decided to go to dinner and a movie and i mean the movie part seemed okay because you know you're not speaking to each other for an hour and a half two hours however long that movie is Mm -hmm. but as soon as we went to dinner like he was like he was on planet x like I didn't exist. He looked over my head the entire time. There was no conversation at dinner except for me talking basically to myself because he barely talked to me. And then we got ice cream and kind of walked around and sat on a bench. And he, like, it almost looked like he was a robot just Mm. observing territory that was happening and people walking by. And then, like, I would ask him, are you okay? You know, you don't seem like you're here. And he's like, I'm fine. Like, and then out of nowhere, he just pops up and is like, all right, better get you home. Like, like I'm a child or something. Wow. And I was like, okay. So we walked back to the car and it was like, it was almost like you couldn't drive fast enough to get me out of this car. And, you know, he dumps me off. And later that night, like I texted him and I said, you know what? Like honesty is really huge with me. Like what's going on with you? And then that was the only time he told me the truth was, like, he wasn't ready for something like a date. He said dates to him, like, holding hands and going to dinner and stuff like that were meaningful to him, and that he wasn't ready to get back into this commitment. And so he got super scared, and after that, he checked out. And it was like, I didn't exist anymore, and he pushed me so far away that... Almost like, if he could kick me to a different planet, he would, just to get rid of me. Because mm. he just could not stand the fact that someone had liked him and developed feelings for him. It got almost, like, too real for him. And the sucky part is, that makes me so upset about mankind and guys, is that anything remote- I don't know if this is okay for the podcast, but anything remotely sexual, he perked up at. Huh. Like- I existed when something sexual was happening. Like I existed then. Like he knew my name then and had a smile and was nice to me then. Anything not sexual, it was like, you know, I never got a text back. I was never spoken to at work, you know, or if I was, it was in a very rude manner. And then it was almost like, whoa, what happened? Like, I felt like The Exorcist. My head spun around, and I barfed up feelings, and mm-hmm. like got. It's almost like I was getting treated poorly for having feelings.
0: Well, Which, you know, but this really, yeah, this podcast. Um, actually, just just FYI, this podcast is actually I actually file it under explicit. Okay. So. I mean, don't, I mean, you could cuss, you could, you know, I mean, it, it's not, I don't, this isn't like, like I said, this is not for, for everybody, you know? So I, I mean, I, people I've had on the past, I mean, they were very, very graphic. Um, and, and that's the reason why I had to change it to explicit because I was tired of like, oh, I can't use that clip, you know? Um, so don't worry about it. I mean, this is fairly tame. This is very tame to what has been on here in the past. Um, Okay. But but I feel bad and I've I've mentioned this, uh, you know, cuz like I I have a daughter and you know she's a big fan of yours and the thing is um the balance between good guys and good girls is way um un- unbalanced. The the ratio of good girls is so high compared to the low amount of good guys out there. Um and that makes me scared, especially because I have a daughter, you know? I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, be there for heartbreaks and and have to explain why guys are jerks sometimes. And there's going to be heartbreaks. I mean, life is full of heartbreaks, you know? Um, I mean, luckily in my own personal life, I mean, I'm with a very good girl. I found, you know, um, and she's awesome. So, uh you know, and, but, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to worry about the same thing, you know, for, for my own daughter, you know. Uh, and I, I mean, it sucks that that had to happen, you know. So now that it has happened, I mean, you, I mean, how hard will it ta- be for you to let someone else in? I mean, it's gotta be like, I mean, I, I mean,
1: how- no, it, 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 it sucks. The, you know what? And this, what sucks too is that this isn't the first time this happened to me. Uh, this happened to me with another guy too, but like that guy was more respectful and more in tune with his emotions and was more willing to admit, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I did this to you and I'm super sorry, um, which helped me find closure and helped me be okay with it. And now we're friends. Like every time I see him, I have no hard feelings towards him because- he was man enough to admit that he was wrong. Right. This other guy is, is not man enough to admit how wrong he was. And I never, ever did I get an apology for the way that he treated me in person. Um, you know, when, when I went to him and was basically in tears telling him how hurt I was, what he was doing to me. And at a time that he told me, when we were like intimate, how it was meaningless to him. Mm. I mean, for a guy to tell a girl that breaks my heart. And it, 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 I was sat there broken in tears, telling him, I am so hurt. What am I supposed to do? And his response was shrugging his shoulders and going, I don't know. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I'm hoping that anyone that's listening to this too feels that heartbreak of how awful like this person was and he still has not given an apology. I don't think he ever will give an apology, but I mean, I just don't understand how another human being can treat some, another human being like that. And maybe it's because I have too much compassion for mankind and I still see the good in people no matter what. And I like to think that I still see the good in this guy. But, I mean, now, in the Hosaki part, too, is, like, I still have feelings for this guy. And Mm. I I still think that he can be the guy that he wants to be and, and what he told me he wants to be. I still see that. But, you know, all his actions just point to him being what he didn't want to be, which is a big, like, man-whore douchebag, like, that his actions make him this, and other people see it. Like, you you and me, we're not the only people that see it. Almost everyone I've spoken to has said that same thing and said this before I even got into this. So going back to how I deal with this, it's like, I'm so hurt by it, and it's going to be super hard for me to want to move on because I'm so dead, like I told you, I fall for someone hard and it's so hard for me to want to pick up all those pieces and put them in a suitcase and want to move. You know, it's, I want to pick up all the pieces and solve the puzzle and, and be happy with the outcome of that puzzle. Right. Uh, so, you know, this this is the hardest part for me is is finding closure and moving on and then my pattern with this too, is that I go right back into tunnel vision and it's, and it's years before I even turn ahead at somebody. So yeah. it's, it's going to be quite the the path of resilience. But one thing I am grateful for this person is that he came into my life in a time where I was struggling, struggling creatively and going through this hurt and this pain and this emotion and this roller coaster. um, I came out the other end. I feel a better person and more in tune with my feelings and me as a person um, and with feelings in a relationship. It was almost like I forgot how to feel pretty and how to feel like a lady and how to feel in a romantic relationship. And, you know, he taught me all of that again. And, I thank him for that, and I, um, you know, I've fueled a few short films out of it, and, uh, you know, my deepest hurt has, has sparked creative energy in me, so I guess I thank him for that too, and, you know, I wish him all the happiness in this world, and I really hope that he can find it within himself, and that's just who I am as a person.
0: Isn't that, is that, isn't that crazy that when people go through heartbreak or something tragic, it, it actually, I mean, it spurs creativity, you know, like, I mean, that's why you have like a lot of these like musicians, you know, they talk about, well, I wrote this song, like, when I was in the deepest part of like heartbreak, or um, when I lost someone, this is when I wrote this song, or I made this character made this movie while I was going through this period of time in my life. It's kind of crazy how that is where it's like such deep emotional pain can turn into something like beautiful and creative.
1: I mean, I think you see it more in music than you do anything else. I mean, Adele and Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. I mean, uh, the song that I was listening to over and over and over when I was going through like crying and, You know, I went through a time where, like, I wasn't, I wasn't eating for a whole two weeks. I had no appetite. I wasn't eating. I was losing weight. And, you know, people were commenting to me, like, hey, what's your secret to losing weight? And I'm like, what? And then I came home and talked to my mom and was like, am I losing weight? And she was like, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, you're starting to look a little unhealthy. And I was like, oh my God, like, what is happening to me? And, I, I just was like, crap, you know, what is, this is what heartbreak actually does to you. Um, and, you know, I, I, I guess I just was like, I, I need to turn this around. I need to put it into something positive. I need to spark something out of this. And that's just kind of where the creativity came from. But you see it in music. I don't know if you would necessarily see it in television and films, just because, Um, you can't hear lyrics but you can definitely hear dialogue
2: right
1: Uh, so maybe those heartbreaking scenes may have spurred from whether it be a a certain writer on a television show like the words they're putting into the the character's mouth is the heartbreak they felt um Or I guess for a film the same would go for a film Uh, it's just it's different because there's like a group of writers on TV shows and just maybe two or three or one writer on a film so um, I mean definitely if you're if you see a a certain part in a film or, or a television series and there's certain dialogue that hits you in the feel like you would just have to really think about that and maybe that's where that writer was coming from every heart emotion heartbreak emotion they're feeling went into that dialogue
0: it's it's crazy so i mean i'm curious to see where that turns because i'm sure that you made some like really good stuff so hopefully we'll we'll see that you know in the future i know that you you jokingly said in the past that you know going through this whole process that you were going to try some apps Some, some and I, you know, this is this is this is why this is crazy because I know people who use dating apps, you know, whether it's like Tinder or OkCupid or, or whatever. So when I heard about you trying to download a dating app, and then you knowing you, you did all your research, probably looked at graphs and pie charts and whatever to figure out the best like app to download Precious Space on your phone, which probably has is filled with Glee memes and GIFs and whatever. Um, tell me about your experience using the apps.
1: Oh, God. Um, you know, I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to use an app, but I would joke about it to you um, and to our, our mutual friend, Callie. Uh, but... I just I had to find a way to fill the void like you know finishing a TV series or or a video game like I had to find a way to fill the void and I I set out on a mission cuz I I was like I need to beat this guy out of my head like I need to get over him
2: right
1: um and it was like I I didn't want to spend how I was spending all my days thinking about him and thinking if he's thinking of me and wanting to text him so badly wanting to go visit him wanting to uh, do a grand gesture to win him back that's a that's what I wanted that's what I was thinking about for like a week um and I was you know and it, it's like does he deserve this you know I didn't want to be in my head too much I was like I need to stop this I need to get over him like so it's you know I guess for me it was finding that distraction so Of course I'm going through everything. I'm scared to death of Tinder. I would never download that on my
0: phone. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I I guess, but isn't like Tinder, I mean, Tinder, I don't, I mean, I don't, I've never heard of a love story that came out of Tinder. I mean, you never like, you never was like three o'clock in the morning. He was like, you know, it's three in the morning and I just feel like I need to, to cuddle. Um, (laughs) I need someone who I can discuss my dreams and aspirations with and Talk about the two point five kids we want to have in the future. So I'm gonna go on Tinder. That's not usually well, what Tinder's for, right?
1: Or it's usually it's usually to me when I hear Tinder, I hear someone's looking for a booty call hookup at like four in the morning.
0: Right. So that's, that's probably why you were like, no, I'm not gonna use that.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm not that girl. I'm I'm so traditional in the sense of like I'm so awkward too that it's like I don't knowingly go looking for dates and hitting on men that's just not what i do it's like if it comes to me great and then i'll figure out how to get over my awkward stages into like liking this guy um so i downloaded bumble onto my phone which is it's like the nicer version of tinder i would say (laughs) it's like it's like a mercedes Benz. (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's almost like going through this whole portfolio of men and you can read their bios and the nice thing is if you match with the guy like the girl makes the first move so it's up to you to decide if you want to pursue this match and say hi instead of a guy relentlessly messaging you on Tinder or sending you pics of down under that you just don't <laughs> want to be because you're just not Australian just like
0: <laughs> oh man
1: <That's> <laughs> I was like, let's go with Bumble because, like, I'm – I feel like this would be a safe bet. And, like, a few guys that, like, I spoke to or, or hung out with, like, were just major weirdos. And I was like, I can't do this. This isn't for me. And, like, you're flipping through these guys, and if you match, it's great. Like, you'll pursue it. And, like, one guy instantly turned the conversation sexual, and I was like, no, bye. Like, got to go. Like, it's it's just so weird to me, and it's like, I don't know. I don't think that anyone who signs up for a dating app seems all that serious. And I would rather go, I guess, the more traditional route of bumping into someone at a bar or maybe being introduced through mutual friends or something. Like, I, I need that human connection in real life.
0: Yeah, and the thing is like... Me me and Daniel we've been to a lot of like public areas together okay so we we go to conventions together and there are guys who are interested at these conventions um i know cuz me me especially being a father i think i have more that like ooh there's a jerk right there i know that guy's a jerk you know i had this weird like instinct now you know so it's like I know guys who have tried to, you know, hit on Danielle and, and I can see that, you know, she's right. She, she's so like, I don't even know. So he's flirting with me. I don't even know that. I don't even <laughs> see that. I mean, she's so like, almost like clueless about it when everyone else is like, oh my gosh, she's like totally hitting. You. And you're like, well, no, we'll just thinking about this pop i was gonna buy i'm like you're not even focused on <laughs> you these. know
1: what it's i'm so oblivious you would almost think i'm doing it on purpose
0: i know really- yes like you're purposely like i'm not even gonna talk to you but you're not being that way because you're not that way but that's how it comes off because you're more interested in the shiny toy that you might spend your money on at the convention
2: <laughs> and i literally am
0: <laughs> it's 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 hilarious um so I mean that didn't work out for you. We know other couple of people who've tried their apps and they don't work for them either. So it's like, have you given up on the Bumble app, or are you thinking about trying it again, or are you just no?
1: Oh no, I've I've given up on it. Like I I, it's still on my phone, so I might browse men every now and then just because it makes me feel better about myself. Right. But <laughs> but no, I've totally given up on that as a dating aspect, and I think. I think I'm going through the ending stages of almost like having a relationship. You know, this guy and I were speaking for a really long time and we got really close really fast. So it's almost like going through a breakup. Like I just got um, stuff that I lent him back. (laughs) So it is almost like a breakup. So I'm just getting out of that and I guess finding my closure and, and trying to convince myself that I should stop trying to go back after this guy. And everyone's telling me to stop going after this guy. But it's like, I think the things that we've shared with each other and and how we were with each other, it was just so easy and we clicked so much. It's just disappointing that he didn't step up to the plate and couldn't step up to the plate as a man. So that that's forever disappointing in my head. And I think I'll always have that disappointment. And I think... Even, call me crazy, but 10 years down the road, if I'm in a nice, loving relationship with a guy that I have fallen in love with, I think in the back of my head, I'm going to be thinking about this guy and thinking about, you know, whatever would have happened. You know, I think someone is always going to have the one that got away, but I think mine is going to be the one that never stood up to the plate. So I think mine is always going to be like if he did stand up to the plate if he did come back at me you know what would it be, what would it have been like you know how fun of a life would we would have had together and you know how great would we have been for each other i'm always going to have those questions because i never got the answers that's
0: like so. it, i think isn't isn't closure so important
1: <laughs> it is and if you Like, right now, I'm not getting anything out of this guy for closure, so I'm always going to have open-ended questions, and that's always going to keep him in my mind going forward. And if I were to get closure, and if I were to just get, like, black or white with him, like, if he were just to come up to me and be like, you're a bitch, I don't like you, this is why I didn't date you, it would hurt, yeah, but, oh my god, having closure would be so much better to know this is why it didn't work out, because I was a bitch in your eyes, like... That, that's fine. Like, sure, I can take that, and I can process that, and I can work on myself if need be. But not having anything, or, or him being like, you know what, I want to make this work, and this is why I was acting this way, and, and it it's easy with us, we should make it work, you know? Uh, and then we could make it work after that, you know? I'm It's so hard for me to give up, and He mentioned never quitting anything in his life, but boy, did he quit me pretty fast. Mm. So yeah, I think closure is one of the most important things out there. If you're struggling with anything, and if you find yourself still going after somebody, I think you need to step back and look: Did you have closure, or do you want closure?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I mean, like, and it's a, you know, when you mentioned the whole getting your stuff back. I mean that's that's one of the hardest things too is getting your stuff back. I mean the I there was this one I'm not proud of this because it's it's pretty embarrassing. Um there was this girl I dated in in college and at my at her house she had seasons 1 and 2 of SpongeBob SquarePants. That was mine. A DVD player which was mine. And like this, like Lincoln Park concert DVD, it was mine, right? So, it ended abruptly, and I wanted those things back. She wouldn't give it back to me. So what I had to do was, I was, you know, when I go through heartbreaks, I talk to my mom a lot. You know, I was really close to my mom, so I told her about it. I told my mom about it. I was like, Mom, you know, like I really want my DVD player back, (laughs) and you know, I don't know how to get it back. And my mom. Without me telling her, she actually found her number. Oh God! Called her and said, "You know, I need the DVD back, and whatever DVDs he has left your house, those are mine." And then she told me. Then she told me about. It. I was like mortified. I was like, "Oh my God, dude! My mom called my ex girlfriend to get my stuff." And the next day, my ex shows up wherever I was living at the time, and like had a box with all my stuff in it. I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom got it done though. Oh
2: God.
0: It's just, I, you know, my mom, you know, I didn't expect her to do that, but that's what moms do, man. But that is like extremely hard, you know, to get all your stuff back and to have to do a closure and all those like, what if questions that you have to do. I mean, but if there's one thing that you say that you learned from this whole process, what do you think that would be?
1: Oh God. Um, I think maybe Patience. Yeah. I, uh, patience on you know he had just gotten out of a relationship and I wasn't really ready for a commitment and I thought I was and then I told him I was and I think uh, I think that may have scared him too and then you know I thought about it more and I was like you know what I'm not ready for her commitment I'm not ready to take on someone have to split my thinking down 50-50 you know I'm still wanting to be in a single mentality but I really cared for this guy and I I really, really wanted it to work out. I I still kind of do. But uh, along the lines of also learning from myself, I think I learned a lot to not blame myself.
2: Right.
1: It's so easy to get caught up in a relationship and then think everything's your fault um, when it doesn't turn out the way that you'd hoped for. And I think part of my anxiety, the big, like voice in your head that's always like what if I think that played a big role in this too and um, it also played a big role in telling me that I was wrong and I should apologize and um, always telling me that I was the one that needed to fix it and maybe I was the wrong one that was acting bad or having bad behavior and I think it took a lot in me to step back from that voice inside my head. And I learned to really look at the whole picture and realize, you know what? I'm a really good person. I didn't do anything wrong except love this person unconditionally and, and give them grand gestures and wanted to give them the world. That's all I wanted to do. And this person wanted nothing to do with it. And I had to realize none of that was my fault. And I think that was a major thing that I don't think I've learned out of any relationship I've been in, but I learned it out of this one. And I think it's really rewarding going forward that I can take that into a new relationship. And I mean, down the road, eventually, probably not for years after this, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when it does come and when the time is right and when I finally take off those tunnel vision glasses again, I'm going to realize that hopefully that person would want me to love them unconditionally and would want those grand Jim Halper, you know, stuff and and gestures that I put out into the universe and, you know... um, yeah, I think that's that's just it. Those those are some key things to learn, and I'm, I'm really happy that I learned them. And, you know, I'm not afraid to tell this person that they're wrong. And, um, you know, it, it just kills me when a human being treats another human being poorly, but then they walk around like they didn't do anything wrong, and they think they're God's gift to everybody. Yeah. Um, so I'm not afraid to shy away from that now and be scared of it. and be like, oh my god, he's in the same vicinity of me. Like what am I supposed to do? Do I run away or you know, do I do I go talk like I'm not afraid to step up and and tell this guy, like, you're a major douchebag. Like, you know what, you need to get your shit together. Don't walk around here like you're God's gift to, to everybody. Like you did something really wrong and um, you know, you're the one that should be feeling this way. And if you don't, then obviously there's some screws loose with you and good luck with the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think that you're awesome. You know that. I'm like one of your <laughs> biggest fans, one of my best friends. And I've seen, you know, you single Danielle, angry Danielle, happy Danielle. Two o'clock in the morning on the way to
1: the airport, Danielle.
0: Yeah, you know, air, yeah. <laughs> but I've never, I, I very rarely see heartbroken Danielle. So this is, it's been like, you know, real hard for me too because I mean I you know I saw you're very happy in the beginning and then to see what has happened at the end of this day really makes me you know angry and mad
1: yeah and it's I guess it's just because I guard my heart so tightly and it's you know when I give it to somebody Uh, there's no hiding any of it and I was very happy super I think the happiest I've ever been in ever any relationship I've ever been in Um, which I think is why it hurt so much when it was taken away from me Mm -hmm. it it, it isn't the biggest heartbreak I've ever had Um, I've definitely had worse um, but I don't think I've ever liked someone as much as I've liked this person and yeah it was it was hard to go through and it sucked but i you know the right person will come along and you know you and uh, other friends that i've spoken to always tell me that that person is going to be like the luckiest person in the world and i think it's i'm still learning that i'm still learning that i can give that so uh i mean i'm always thankful for you and and for cali and um, for my mom just because like I have that safety net I can fall back on and like I know that I can can call you when something happens and, and cry on the phone with you and mm-hmm. I mean I I barely cry but I did call you a few times and was was upset and crying and um, you know I'm so thankful for your friendship to be able to do that and and have you like not laugh at me and, and be able to be there for me and uh, I mean, it just means
0: the world to me. Thank you. Don't don't make me cry on this show, too. I mean, this is...
1: <laughs> even even I'm in, like, tears over here, and I don't <laughs> cry.
0: <so. laughs> no, that's true, because you, I don't ever see you cry. Um, maybe you might have cried during some Game of Thrones episodes, but... um but it, I'm
1: just crying because I just love the violence so much. Yeah,
0: it is. It's like, that's <laughs> only three decapitations? What? You know, and maybe... <laughs> that you know you probably didn't cry when Thanos killed everybody off that probably didn't happen but <laughs> no. you probably were like Thanos did nothing wrong like, come on guys you know, come on guys let's look at the yeah. other you know let's yeah. look at the other side like you said it's
1: just so rare for me to be in it's that it's not
0: realm. it is not i've never like i said this is like that's why for me it it was really difficult because it, for me i'm like man i've never seen this i've never seen this much pain Come from her before. And I've never seen you like that. And so it made me like more angry about it because I'm like, man, for someone to cause that much pain to a person who never really, I've never seen cry before, that had to be really, really deep. And it just made me like angry. Like, I, you know, I mean, and I'm not good with grudges, dude. Like, I just, you know, like I can hold a grudge forever. There's people who I still hate in high school. Like, <laughs> Like that person didn't let me borrow their biology book for the test that I didn't study for. I'm mad at them. I'm still mad at those people. I, I'm just not good at forgiving. You know, that's just... Yeah. So I, wish,
1: I think that's the thing too is that eventually I'll forgive this person, but I'll never forget.
0: And that's the lesson that, you know, you take. You know, love sucks sometimes, man. I mean, we've all had, you know, no hardly ever anyone ever just falls in love with the, with the first person and it works out and they're happily ever rapper I, I never hear about that. Um, yeah. it's just, it's just I, a journey. It's a road you have to take. And
1: I just know. want to tell like your listeners too, that it's like coming from someone who's very rare at falling in love and very rare at liking somebody, you know, even going through that heartbreak, I feel like that heartbreak is five times more intense for me. Um, but there's always a way out of it. And there's, there's always a way to find the sun again and find yourself again. And it's like you learn so much from heartbreak that I wouldn't, be a, I wouldn't be scared of it. Because they call it falling in love for a reason. Because you're falling and wherever you land, you're a different person. And I always think it's for the better.
0: You know, I gotta say, in this discussion that we've had for about an hour, you've said some really good quotes so it's like – and I'm like, man, this is crazy. So I already see that this has, like, changed you. Because, I mean, you said some very, you know, um, deep stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's right. That's true. I mean, I I hope that people who listen to this show take notice of that. Because, I mean, that's very, very, like, good advice. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, my God, I'm smart.
0: <laughs> I know. It's so weird. And things are different, you know. But, <laughs> but. I want to thank you, Miss Daniel. You are very
1: welcome.
0: Now, can you tell people like how if someone wants to follow you on your social media, how could they follow you?
1: Oh God, you can follow me at Doctor Love. I'm
0: just kidding. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) That's Doctor Phyllis. Um, (laughs) No, you you can find me. uh, The best way to find me is is on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. at angsty underscore nerd that's my handle you can find me there um, you can also check out the website angstynerd.com com um, or you know Dan and I have the no ordinary nerd podcast which we're now we're doing more episodes of so you can catch more of my antics and hopefully good advice over on that podcast as well
0: now if you want to connect with her and I'm not talking through bumble you can contact <laughs> me when a nerd starts over at gmail.com um, also I guess like a quick plug. I mean, you were looking for writers.
1: I, I am. I did put out into the universe that, um, you know, I'm trying to make Inksteen more interactive um, in a sense of I feel like when people share their own stories, you get more reaction out of people back. So it's like if I'm being vulnerable with you, you're going to be vulnerable back with me and you're going to feel more comfortable. Right, right. Uh, so, I, I, put out into the world and the universe that I'm looking for writers to really share their story about how pop culture has really either helped them mentally or helped them in a situation, um, or has really changed their life. And I want to start posting those onto, to Angsty Nerd. And I want to make it more like a, like a flip book that you can go through and read people's stories and really, um, maybe find something that you can connect with and connect with that person and maybe heal together. And yeah, that's just kind of what I was my idea was and what I was looking for.
0: That is awesome. So I do suggest that you check out her website um, and check out her story. It's very inspirational. If you do follow her on, actually do try to follow her on um, Twitter. I think your pinned tweet on your profile page is your story. So I think you should definitely read that. Um, She has been through a lot Um, And if you do read that and then you didn't listen to this, you're going to realize, wow, she really has come very, very far. So, (laughs) seriously. So, again, thank you. This is When A nurse Starts Over. And thank you again, Daniel, for being on the show. And we'll see you next time.
2: Bye.